Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, welcoming back Andy Diamond, the president of Angry Crab Shack, and combining both flavors in Asian food with his knowledge of seafood, Ron Liu launched Angry Crab Shack in 2013 in Mesa, Arizona. A family-friendly neighborhood restaurant, Angry Crab Shack offers a vibrant, memorable dining environment, and high-quality seafood at a more affordable price. We're going to talk to Andy about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, welcoming back Andy Diamond, the president of Angry Crab Shack, 
combining bold flavors in Asian food with his knowledge of seafood, Ron Liu launched Angry Crab Shack in 2013 in Mesa, Arizona. Hi, Andy. How are you? Welcome to the show. Marty, what's going on? Thanks for having me back. Oh, this is my pleasure. And, you know, it's funny. It seems like yesterday that I was talking to you, but I think it was more like four or five years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I feel like it was right when we first began franchising, probably yes. 2017, 2018. So, That's I mean, right. a lot happened since then, right? <laughs> Exactly, which is why I, I wanted you to come back on the show because I have been following Angry Crab Shack for, since that interview, Andy. So, I mean, it's great to have you on the show. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Andy? Um, actually, you know, at our headquarters in uh, Mesa, Arizona, which is just okay, outside good. of Phoenix. Yeah, it's That's not too far from our, our original location. That's fantastic. And, you know, as we were saying, you know, it's interesting because – in the introduction, Andy, I mentioned that, you know, Angry Crab Shack started in 2013. So, so you're coming up on your, you know, 10th year anniversary, it sounds like, which is a big milestone. I thought, you know, maybe we could talk about some of the, because there's a lot of them, I mean, some of the highlights that's happened in those 10 years. Coming into Angry Crab Shack when I did about two months after mm-hmm. it opened, if, yeah. if you asked me, hey, do you think uh, this is where you would be in nine years, almost 10 years, mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, uh, right. I mean, if we do, like, uh, the, like, thank you to all the guests. And, I mean, it's been fantastic. Right. Um, you know, obviously, uh, 18 locations. Um, you know, we have five corporate stores, 13 franchises. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got locations now in Nevada, in Alabama, um, in Texas, wow. with agreements uh, and places about to open, uh, you know, Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, wow. Georgia, and uh, one that's coming up, which is one I never expected. Um, we're actually going to have a, a franchise in the United Kingdom. Wow. That's fantastic, Eddie. I mean, it's great to, you know, for me to have the opportunity to interview you in those early phases and now see where, you know, Angry Crab Shack is today. You know, and, you know, when I would think of Angry Crab Shack, because, you know, I think a big part of your brand, too, is, is, is Ron Liu, you know. Um, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about him, too, Andy, because he sounds like a fascinating person, and, and it sounds like there's a culture there at Angry Crab Shack. Absolutely is. I mean, look, Ron started this this restaurant. Um, you know, he's got 34, you know, 30 to 40 years in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was doing it on his own mom and pop. So this was something right. new for him, bringing people in, you know, and expanding the brand. But a lot of this creativity comes from him. Uh, I mean, a lot of guests that enjoying your crab shack it's the environment um not just the food and a lot of that you know ron created and we sort of just built on the culture uh that he started and we've just expanded it and we've always made sure that as we've grown it still feels like a mom and pop operation so no matter what angry crab shack go into in whatever state you're going to think oh is this a single unit oh wow this is a franchise it doesn't feel like a right Right. I think a lot of people may not know, too, Andy, that um, Ron played for, for the NFL, too, didn't he? For I, th- I think it was the Oilers, wasn't it? Uh, he did. He was drafted uh, by the Houston Oilers uh, and yeah. also played in Philadelphia um, for a time. Um, he's yeah. a local legend here in, in, uh, in Arizona playing for ASU right. and uh, is coming up on uh, 50th anniversary of their Fiesta Bowl win, which is you know a big deal in Arizona. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of people know Ron from um, playing at Arizona State University, um, from being the first, uh, you know, Chinese American in the NFL. Right. And then, of course, people know him as the King Crab here in Arizona. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. You, you hit on some of the, some of the key points of uh, Angry Crab Shack, Andy. But you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about you know. I mean, if you were meeting with someone for the first time and describing um, Angry Crab Shack, and you, maybe you could even talk a little bit of some of the product line too that you have there uh, since I last talked to you. Yeah, I, I mean, so probably when I first talked to you, we were mainly just, you know, doing seafood boil, which is still the heart right. solving in Crab Shack. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell everyone. No matter what we have on our menu, what people want is our seafood boil and our Asian yep. Cajun flavors. They want our right. sauces, they want our spices, and, and that's what we're about, and, and that's what we cater to. But we've expanded our menu. We, we've included yeah. salads now and vegetables and, and oh, sandwiches wow. and hamburgers and, and different appetizers to be a more well-rounded restaurant, but we're always going to focus on seafood boil because, you know, that's right. our core, that's our right. concept. And so, you know, if you're a guest coming into Angry Crab and to say, well, wear what you want to, put on a bib, and don't worry about what you look like afterwards. Um, you're going to have fun. Uh, <laughs> right. You're going to feel like you got your money's worth. Uh, you're going to enjoy yourself, and you're going to want to come back. How is technology playing a role today in, in, in Angry Crab Shack? I, I imagine, you know, since the last time I talked to you, it, it's grown a bit because technology seems to just grow so fast, Andy. I mean, so how are you using technology today? Well, for, there's a couple ways. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't do much or any online ordering or third-party delivery before the pandemic. Uh, right. You know, obviously when COVID happened and restaurants got shut down, that's where your right. came from. So implementing online ordering and making it easier for the guests to um, get Angry Crab Shack, you know, delivered or coming and picked up, um, that's that's been a a huge benefit, uh, you know, instead of people calling and waiting on the phone, you know, phones. Obviously, during the pandemic, if you didn't have online ordering, you weren't getting through to a lot of restaurants. So this allowed us to reach more, you know, of of our guests. Um, and as, you know, the pandemic has gone away, we've kept online ordering and, you know, has improved our revenue stream. You know, I think we were about 5 to 7% to go orders before the pandemic. Right. And then even after the pandemic, um, 8%. So we were able wow. to triple, you know, that revenue stream. Um, you know, I would say a lot of our technology, though, is running our operations. So um, right. the technology and management systems that our managers use to communicate, that schedules are done, that checklists and just the managing of the restaurants, you know, are done to make us as efficient as possible as, as really where our technology has hit us. Um, you know, I would say the biggest benefit we receive, though, is mm-hmm. our um, proprietary online information and training resource. We call it Crab Lab. And okay. uh, it's, our learning, it's a learning management software. So this is a one-stop shop where any, any new manager, new employee, new franchise owner can go and uh, log into their, um, to the uh, software and get training material, any new updates. Uh, if you're a franchise owner, there's samples of handbooks and marketing uh, that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's just a great way to connect uh, not just your local employees, but franchise owners everywhere where they can get the most updated information. They have it at their hands. Um, it's easily, you know, to instead of a phone call or sending something an email, you're updating mm-hmm. something on Crab Lab where they can just see it and, and, and implement it right away. Wow. Technology is, is, is fascinating. And, you know, it, it, what, what impresses me, I think I mentioned earlier, Andy, is, you know, your longevity with, with the company. I mean, you were kind of like, you know, you're like right there at the beginning. So, you know, when I have someone on this, 
the show like yourself. I mean, what's been what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you? I mean, for, whether it's from the beginning or from the last time I, I've spoken to you, I, I imagine you have hundreds of stories. But does anything stand out over the last like decade? I, I mean, just the fun and, and the yeah. people that I've met, not just guests right. but employees and sort of the long relationships and, yeah. you know, meeting people now, franchise owners in different states and people in different states and, and just, so, just sort of growing like your personal people that you yes. know and you, and you talk with is, has been like awesome. And that's how your right. contact is. We're really about people. Um, one of the biggest things for me, a personal goal, obviously mm-hmm. other than just franchising is our company this year will hit a million dollars in charitable wow. donations. Um, So that is something that we're really proud of, and it really says a lot about who we are and and that we haven't changed that in less than a year, in 10 years, we can donate, you know, over a million dollars to local and uh, local charities. The Phoenix Children's Hospital being our biggest partner, but also we do a big promotion um, for uh, veterans in July um, that helps out a uh, organization that, um, you know, is dedicated to, uh, veterans at risk. So mm-hmm. we we really like to take care of the people that take care of us. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. Obviously, this international franchise, you know, is yes. a big deal. And that yes. sort of just, you know, came up. Um, but wow. really, I, I mean, obviously, during the pandemic was the most interesting time, because you sure. really got to test yourself as a company. When yeah. something like this drastic happens, how you managed and set yourself up as a company to, to get you through and the way that we were able to approach the pandemic and the closings and the way that we came out uh, made me very proud uh, of everyone that works in the Angry Crab Shack and that the work Ron and I and the other, you know, corporate employees have done to really, you know, the structure and the, the, the um, sort of integrity mm-hmm. integrity that we have as a company and i think franchise owners and guests see how we came out of this and said well if this is a company that's going to grow and actually come out better on the other side of a pandemic Mm -hmm. that's the that's the food the restaurant i want to go to and eat at and that's the um you know restaurant that i want to go and join and become a franchise owner you mentioned franchise owners andy um so Today, you know, in, in 2022, I mean, what types of characteristics do you look for today in, in, in your franchisees? I mean, when you're meeting with someone for the first time, you know, what, what's what's most important to you to make sure that they're a good match for the brand? Yeah, so, uh, you know, when we have our discovery day, uh, a lot of the franchise owners have been vetted, you know, that financially mm-hmm. vetted. And right. looking at their experience. Obviously, we want we want people that have restaurant experience. If they sure. don't have restaurant experience, then at least you know good entrepreneurial business experience right. that right. Um, they know how to run a business because it's not right. easy to do. Uh, but w- when you know the, the prospective franchise owner comes in, we want to make sure that we're on the same page, that we have right. the same you know I- ideas, and we and we have the same you know um, desire why we want to have a you know, to run a business, you know, obviously m- money's there. You, yeah, you do mm-hmm. a business to make money. You don't, you don't go into business right. to lose money, but it's Correct. also what you're going to do with that money. Are you going to create jobs? Do you want to grow your business? Are you doing something for your family where you want to have a family business together? Are you wanting to do something where you can, you know, contribute to your local community and things like that? So really looking at to make sure that the personalities, you know, are a match. Um, mm-hmm. And, and 
One is to help grow the business. When we have franchise owners that come in and say, you know, I'm a multi-unit franchise owner. I have a couple locations that I want to turn into Angry Crab Shacks. This is the company I want to do with. Right. It's like, okay, well, why did you choose Angry Crab Shack? What do you like about Angry Crab Shack? And, right. you know, if, if you know, s- sort of the conversation is, well, this is what, you know, our goal is, then that's a perfect match for us. One of the things I remember that impressed me the most when I interviewed you for the first time, Andy, was, you know, the, the simplicity of the model, because I was always surprised, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when I think of, you know, like if I think of seafood, I think, okay, more complicated, but it, it, it's not. I mean, it, it, it's a fairly easy system to follow, isn't it? It is. And, and I mean, you know, you, you mentioned your technology question, and I know a lot of people yeah. are getting into automations and, right. and things like that to save labor. I mean, for us, it's such a simple operation. Technology mm-hmm. really doesn't help us in, in that aspect. Uh, right. You know, right. it doesn't take as many um, employees to run the kitchen. Uh, right. The turnaround of boiling king crab, shrimp, lobster is a lot faster than, you know, yeah. cooking a steak on a grill. Um, right. We have, you know, implemented some new kitchen equipment items uh, mm-hmm. to make things more fit and faster and easier on the kitchen. Uh, right. So we'll always be looking to in, improve. But, yeah, it's a simple operation, and when franchise owners come in and they actually, you know, eat the food and, you know, they take a tour of our operations and they see the kitchen, they're sort of just, like, wide-eyed and, like, wow, I can't believe, like, this is as simple as it is, you know? Right. It just is. That's fantastic. I recall the training. I think it took place in, in the original restaurant. Andy, how's the training work today for your new franchisees once they decide to come on board? Do they come out to corporate then? Is that how it works? Yeah. So uh, we, we set up a five-week training um, mm-hmm. for the managers and the franchise owners that are going to be okay. operational. If there's franchise owners that you know aren't going to be operational but want to right. learn the marketing county aspect. We'll do a sure. modified training for them, you know, to, to bring them in, but it, it's five right. weeks uh, in okay. Arizona. Most of it's going to be at our, you know, corporate location, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, our original location in Mesa. Right. Um, right. They'll be in front of the house, back of the house. Um, we'll work every position from host to, you know, to expo, to, to cook. They'll cook at every position. They'll serve, um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll help manage. Final weeks, they are actually running uh, the shifts. So they get practice, like, you know, doing guest resolution and um, dealing with, you know, staffing issues, writing schedules and what happens, you know, when, uh, you know, an employee calls out and what you have to do. And in some cases, you know, you might have to get on the line and and cook yourself. So we try to give as much training as an experience as as possible. Um, But also there's, since we have Crab Lab and and we have a corporate training center just down the road from uh, our Mesa location, they're going to get classroom work as well. Um, so it's a good, it's a good right. combination of, you know, on-the-job training actually in the restaurant operations while also having, you know, that, that classroom training um, that you need. Right. You obviously love this business, Andy. When I talk to you, you know, I, I, I sense your passion. I mean, is, is there a way to – is there such a thing as a typical day for an angry crab franchisee? Yeah, so w- once you sign a franchise agreement, um, you immediately get one of our store launch manuals, which will take you through the process, including a 120-day checklist. It will mm-hmm. have all the equipment that you will need. It will give you everything you need to open your angry crab shack. Uh, but then you'll be assigned your franchise support manager, um, and you'll uh, having weekly calls. And mm-hmm. the calls are to go over each step of your opening process, make sure that you're staying uh, you know, um, to the timeline, uh, that if there's any questions that you have, um, you can ask right away. 
Uh, we also bring in other operational members. So as a mm -hmm. franchise owner, you'll have multiple calls with our director of marketing. You'll have multiple calls with our uh, kitchen development personnel. Because one thing that we do um, with Angry Crab Shack is we know that seafood is regional. So if right. there's certain items, so Atlanta, perfect example, Atlanta. Grouper is mm -hmm. very popular in Atlanta. Yes, it we is. don't have grouper, you know, on our menu in Arizona. So we will work with the franchise owners in um, Atlanta to find grouper and come wow. up with grouper, whether it's a po' boy, um, a basket, you know, right. or, you know, just you know, grilled or blackened grouper. So right. we're going to bring different operational people in each time. So it's not just your franchise support manager you're talking to. If you've got scheduling questions, we're going to bring in our director right. of operations to go over scheduling. If you have wow. questions, how many people do I need, we're going to bring in kitchen managers to mm -hmm. basically go over mock schedules. So right. um, we, you're able to talk to everyone that you want to on a weekly basis to get as much information as you can. So when you finally come into training, which will be done near, you know, almost we try to time it to where you're done with training when you're about a month out from opening your restaurant. So construction's done. That way mm -hmm. you can go back and start hiring your employees and set everything up before our training team comes out to you. We spend a week um, training your employees, and then our training team is there the first week that you're open. We'll be there through your grand opening party and then your first week of business. And if we feel like we need to stay and you want us to stay, we, we do that as well. We make sure that, you know, you get off on the right foot. I'm curious, too, Andy, I imagine, you know, social media plays a big part, you know, in the success of Angry Crab Shack, because I imagine, a lot, you know, a lot of your, your, I know your customers are, are, are promoting the brand as, as, as well, but, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, because I think that, that's, that's interesting. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we started with Facebook pages, yeah. um, as, as, you know, most places do. I almost right. feel like now guests go to Facebook pages and, instead of the website to, for menus. Um, right. It's really become, right. you know, a, a, common, a common thing. Obviously, yeah. um, Instagram is another social mm -hmm. media. I mean, it's, right. it's great because it's free. You can yes. post videos. Um, and the, the videos that show your food uh, are the best yeah. videos, but also yep. videos where you're just doing <laughs> crazy things to show, right. you know, sort of who you are as a restaurant is big. Yeah. And then about a year and a half ago, we got into TikTok videos, and wow. um, TikTok has <laughs> okay. exploded. Uh, yep. You know, so social media is great. It, it, it's cheap. Your yep. employees have fun. Uh, doing yes. these little videos and kind of just do what you want. And, yeah. um, you know, you never know when someone's just going to share it and just goes viral. That's wonderful. I'm sure I didn't ask you any too. I mean, so the the franchise that's going to happen in in the UK. I mean, how how did that even happen anyway? I mean, you don't have to give me all the details, but I mean, I think it's great that I mean that you guys are going into the UK because I could see you. I could see you expanding throughout you know the UK and Europe and places like that. But I mean, I, I'm sure you were a little bit surprised or pleased is probably a better word. I mean, I was surprised and pleased. Um, yeah. You know, I thought maybe. <laughs> You know, going international, Mexico, you know, especially right, Arizona, right, or Canada, that, right. That would, that would make the most sense. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it sort of came up. We had this group, and uh, there's there's a few of these boil type places that are opening up um, in yeah. the UK. Not a lot, um, right. but it's 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 starting to to get some legs. And we had a group that um, sort of did their research, and they heard about us. And look, mm -hmm. the number one thing that you can do when you're when you're franchising that is the best advertisement 
is your actual restaurant. All the ads right. and everything that you do, that's going to identify it, how much money people can make from it, um, what's your median investment. But it doesn't even come close to when people come into your restaurant, eat the food, and, and enjoy right. themselves. Right. Uh, and so we had a group that flew in, and uh, they spent all Easter weekend in Arizona going to five and six five or six of our restaurants and absolutely enjoyed themselves and uh, let wow. us know that, hey, we, you know, they, we came in, we saw your restaurant, we came in and ate at your restaurant, we, we enjoyed ourselves, we'd like to talk about franchising in London. And, wow. you know, then it became about all the, you know, the logistics of um, making sure the agreement was UK compliant right. um, as well right. as US compliant. Um, and, you know, so that's sort of been uh, what we've been doing now. Uh, but, yeah. uh, this group has a location in central London. It's not far from Buckingham Palace. Uh, wow. I think it's going to be a, a great location. It's going to be yep, a lot I of fun. And, and, of course, our training team is very excited that they get to go yeah. to London. Uh, to of course. Opening <laughs> I think that's – I think it's really exciting, Andy. So when I have someone on the show like yourself, I mean, because so, you've been doing this such a long time now, I'm – what advice would you give to our listeners, Andy, in their quest to buy a franchise? The, the majority of our listeners are, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. Most of them, they, they want to get into franchising. And because there's just, there's so much out there today, most of our listeners don't even know where to begin. I mean, from everything you've learned up to this point, what would you, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? I mean, the number one thing is anyone's going to tell you is you do your research. Um, mm-hmm. You, you yep. research as many possibilities as possible. You yeah. get to know everything, um, not just about the, the numbers, but about the company itself. Because, you know, it, it's a franchisee franchisor relationship, but it's a partnership. Uh, right. You know, as a franchisor, we're putting our time and money um, to help you. And as a, you know, franchise owner, you are putting your time and your money to, to run a business and help, you know, expand. You're part of the family. So right. um, we look at it more franchisee, franchise, or relationship. And I, I think that's, you know, very important. You want to know who you're getting into business with. Um, I, the number one thing I would say is if you do not have restaurant experience, you find people that do have restaurant experience mm-hmm. to, to run your restaurant. Um, right. You know, it, it, it's going to cost money, but it's, it's money well invested. Um, right. The number one thing also is that I think why businesses and restaurants fail a lot is capitalization. If you don't mm-hmm. capitalize your business enough and you make decisions based on your bank account and not within right. the best interest of your business, you're not going to be in business very long. Um, so that's why we, we bet our franchise owners to make sure they understand that you're going to put a significant amount of money into it. You're going right. to spend money. don't want to short track yourself because that's only going to hurt you know, your, your long-term future, but right. definitely do the research, know the people that you're getting the business with, make sure that you enjoy the place, make sure that you're enjoying yourselves. If you're not yeah. enjoying the people you're doing business with, then, then there's no reason to go into business with them. That's well said. So if you can look into a crystal ball, Andy, and that crystal ball could be one year, three years, five years down the road. I mean, where do you see um, angry crab shack in the future? Well, I mean, growing, um, you yeah. know, the, the one in the UK absolutely, you know, sort of gave us new goals and to see what happened because it's in a very touristy part of London. Um, right. So, uh, you know, this group from the UK eventually wants to become a master franchisor, right. which could mm-hmm. be huge growth in the, you know, in yes. the UK in a way to grow, um, you know, without us, ha- without Angry Crab Shack Arizona having right. to spend a lot of resources um, so I, I would like to look at possibilities in other areas, master franchise right. agreements. Right. 
But as far as the U.S., um, you know, it's expanding uh, from Seattle down to, to Florida is where we want to go. Uh, in five years, I would love for Ang Crab Shack to, to have open or in the process of opening, you know, close to 50, 60 restaurants nationwide. Um, and then uh, whatever growth that we have in, uh, you know, London and, uh, and the rest of Europe, uh, that's going to be all gravy. What's the best way, Andy, for our listeners to get more information on Angry Crab Shack? Of course, the franchise opportunity, but even the product itself. I mean, are there any websites you want to kind of direct our listeners to? Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, our, our main website, uh, www.angrycrabshack.com, okay. will have information about all the locations. Uh, you'll be able to see pictures of all the locations, look at the menus at all the locations, see sort of the different pricing at the locations, different mm-hmm. events that are going on, you know, based on where the location is. Uh, you'll learn a little bit about Ron Lou and about Angry Crab yeah. Shack, uh, about our vision, um, which is never be satisfied uh, with what's already been achieved. Um, it's going to tell you that we're always looking to improve, which is, I think, important mm-hmm. um, as a company. And then uh, there's a tab. Um, that you can click on uh, that will give you all the franchise information. Okay. Uh, it'll give you available tel- territories. It'll give you, um, you know, uh, numbers. It'll give you a little bit more information about us. Um, and then there'll be a, there's a form that you can actually fill out and request information um, and request uh, one of the members of our team uh, will get back with you and start the franchising process. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you again, Andy. And I'd like to even follow up, you know, maybe in a year or two as, as you know, as you, you go into the UK, because I think this is really an exciting time at Angry Crab Shack. So it was a pleasure to talk to you today. Absolutely, Marty. I'd be happy to come on anytime. I think you're great. Your show's awesome. Uh, I think your listeners get a lot of good information. And uh, while well, you'll probably be on air for a really long time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. It was a pleasure. And I'll speak to you soon. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today's great quote in franchising comes from Tom Scarta, and Tom is a franchise consultant for Franchise, and he's the author of The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty. And we've had Tom on the show two times over the last 14 years, and Tom is great at providing a- analogies on topics like motivation and entrepreneurship. So today's great quote in franchising is called, it doesn't hurt enough. Well, let Tom explain why. Our 10 yeah. years 
uh, with franchise helping them to find businesses. And what I find, and, and you know this from the industry, is that majority of people who look at franchising do not buy a franchise. And the number one reason is fear of the unknown. Yeah. So they go, instead of choosing, see, at the end of the process, you know, they're looking at great companies because uh, we vet them, we know who's good, who's not, and, and you can never deny that the companies are not good when you go down the road at looking at them. Right. The choice, the choice is not what franchise to buy. The choice is the choice between uncertainty and unhappiness. That's interesting. And most people go back to the unhappiness, and they because there's a comfort in that, right? There's yeah, so at least I get a paycheck. At least I know I have a job. At least I can pay my bills. And, right. and I got to tell you, if, you, if you think you're on this earth to pay your bills, you're always going to have a mild kind of um, frustration that goes through right. your life. That's it's very powerful, you know what you said, Tom. You know, it, it's um, it, you know. We, we've seen that on the show too. You know, I mean, I've heard numbers like at, at, at like one out of a hundred people will, will will say yes to you know going the going the, the franchise alternative, or they'll give some kind of like excuse like you know, well, it's not perfect, you know. And I remember you even saying this, you know, a long time ago is you know, there's not really that, that always that perfect perfect opportunity. You know what I mean? I mean, there's always. I think the analogy you used a long time ago was even when, you know, you buy a house. You know what I mean? There's always going to be right. something with that house that you can always fix. You know what I mean? So there's never that That's perfect right. opportunity. And I suspect you get that from a lot of people because they're, they're, they're so terrified of going forward. They're like, well, I don't think this is the perfect opportunity for me. I, I, I suspect you probably get that a lot, don't you? It, yeah. yeah, and you're right. I think it was um, in, in Joe Matthews' great book, uh, Street Smart Franchising, yeah, one, yeah. he talks about that. Um, one out of every hundred people that look at franchising actually buy a franchise, and and that the, the thing for me, Marty, is it makes me it makes me sad inside because I mm-hmm. talk to these folks yeah. that have great backgrounds, they're phenomenal at what they do, right. and they can easily translate their skills into their own business and really right. live happily ever after, and they don't, and and it's yeah. it's always because of fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I use a powerful word, um, Tom. You know, you used happy. You know, and, and I think it's interesting that how many people there are out there that are you know working day to day, and they're just you know, as you said, they're paying their bills. You know, but they're they're not happy, are they? You know, and, and I know a lot of those people who are working for, let's say, the city, and um, you know, they're they're going to get their pension at some point, but they just aren't happy. And I can't imagine working forty years. And not being happy, and you wonder, uh, you know, it, it's really that powerful, and that's why I think your book is so important. You know, the magic of choosing uncertainty is is, is that you know, you lived it, haven't you? I mean, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure you know, you, you know, you you've been through all of those things that that a lot of your um, clients um, mm-hmm. certainly have gone through their head, don't they? Yeah, I've I, yeah, I've been in their shoes. And and that's why I, I kind of enjoy what not kind of I love what I do because I'm yeah. really able to speak to people on on a you know a one to one basis that you know I, right. I I and I only have empathy I, I've been there I've done it and and you know maybe it's not for everybody and that's fine I, I get right. that not everybody should buy a franchise believe me right but um you know but when you're when you're there and you're on the cusp and you know it's the eleventh hour and you have to make a decision and and you run away from it, it's, it's really, really sad. 
and from you know from my perspective it is, and I think from their perspective, I just read an article uh last week that said eighty percent eighty six percent of Americans want to change their job today wow that's incredible eighty six percent eighty six percent of Americans want to change their job today, and probably maybe one percent will um you know, get out of the corporate rat race. A lot of people will change jobs and right. they're going from, you know, one fire to another mm-hmm. fire and they really exactly. don't solve anything. But I'll, I'll tell you that, um, you know, a, a, a great story that I share with everybody and I think that it will go very very well here. If you can imagine for a second, um, there's these two guys sitting on a porch, like two two old hillbillies, right? And they're, and yeah. they're drinking their... They're drinking their sarsaparilla and they're rocking in their rocking chairs. And one of them, one of them has a hound dog, and the hound dog's sitting on the floor. And every once in a while, that hound dog lets out a yelp. Yeah. So, so one of these guys, one one guy says to the other guy with the dog, hey, "What's wrong with your dog?" And he said, oh, "Nothing's wrong with the dog." So he said, "Well, why does he yelp like that?" Yeah. And he said, "Oh, he's laying on a nail." And uh, he said, "Well, why doesn't he get off the nail?" And he said, "Well, I guess it just doesn't hurt bad enough." Wow, that's a great that's a great analogy. We're gonna to have to use it. We have this great quotes in franchising podcast. We're gonna to have to put that one in there. I haven't heard you tell that story, but I I think that's um, I mean I mean that's a great one. I mean it does show you know how how we're willing to live our lives like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it it frustrates the heck out of me. And um, you know, in in the book, I give people uh, what I call fuel for change, which are different exercises at the end of a couple of different chapters where you can go through changing your mindset about things. Yeah. And, and you realize after a while, all your stuff, all your baggage in that fear department right. essentially comes from your parents and, yeah. and from yeah. your upbringing telling you, you know, no, 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 right. don't do that, be careful. And if you would, if you lose, you're a loser. And yeah. And and that's not the case at all because when you take a chance and if it doesn't work out for some reason, there's more life yeah. lessons in that failure than there is in any success. And, and I can tell you that directly from my smoothie experience. Sure. It, you know, there's so much more to learn when you're trying to climb out of a hill, out of a hole, than standing on top of the hill. Yeah, and it's you know it must be interesting. I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people as I mentioned, Tom. You know, I mean, my mom is still waiting for me to go apply for the post office. You know, I said I'm going to be <laughs> 50 years old in three years. You know, and I, and I just I just recently you know completed my doctorate degree last year, and I think she's still waiting oh, wow. for me to go work. You know, for for the post office. You know, I mean, she just tried to instill that in me as a kid, and maybe that was my my reason I went the other direction. You know, I just didn't. It just didn't seem gratifying to me, not to, to, to pick on anyone who works for the post office, but I just didn't, I wouldn't have had that. And I love the word you use. It uses word fuel, you know, and we had, um, we had the great Michael Gerber on our show, and I know you're, you're a fan uh-huh. of his as well. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Tom Scarta, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com. You can go to our Franchises listed alphabetically page, and you can find Tom Scarta there. Or you can go to Franchise Interviews listed by category, and you can go to our Franchise Experts page and listen to the interview there. And finally, we just want to thank everyone for making this Great Quotes in Franchising podcast such a big hit. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews.
Franchise Interviews.